Good afternoon, I'm Darren Kelly and welcome to the Camogie edition of the Curtain Razor. The All-Ireland Inter-County fixtures are out and Colleen Duffy and myself will be chatting about that, looking at the new trial rules and talking about the puck fodder being pulled again. The green light is set to be given for action in the UK and we have the Camogie Britain chairperson Martin J. Brennan to give us an update. The various senior club championships are hitting the business end and we have all the weekend fixtures and midweek results on our website sportsstars.ie, so check them out. And stay with us now as we look ahead here on The Curtain Razor. I'm delighted to be joined now by our regular analyst, Colleen Duffy. And Colleen, just like we did with the ladies' football, the fixtures are out in Camogie, and it looks like they'll be the first inter-county code to get things underway championship-wise when they begin on the 17th of October. Yeah, brilliant to see the uh, fixtures in a master plan. I suppose we're not so used to getting master plans at this time of the year. It's usually in the winter months of uh, maybe November, December, and it starts to trickle in maybe at the start of January in terms of press releases. But here we are. It came on the 26th of August. Revised National Camogie Fixtures for 2020 confirmed. And uh, brilliant to see, I suppose, we've mentioned before um, that the Senior All-Ireland final was uh, taking place on Saturday, December 12th. Um, and I suppose that was a date that's been there for a couple of weeks. And now we have a clearer picture as to what the lead up to that is going to be. And uh, it's, it's brilliant to see, I suppose, we talked before about some of the fixtures that had fallen by the wayside. Um, but here we have all the adults uh, competitions uh, confirmed senior, intermediate and junior. The Nancy Murray Cup as well is also going to take place. And those All-Ireland Under-16 Championships, which is brilliant for those younger players um, that they have something to look forward to going into the winter months. Obviously, it's been well documented about the minor competitions, um, but certainly uh, it, at least there's some juvenile action as part of this as well. And that's nice to see those competitions included in this Masters Fixtures plan. And just to say the positive thing as well, because it doesn't happen every year because of the numbers, but the Nancy Murray Cup, because earlier in the year, wasn't hearing word about Cavan Loud or Tyrone having inter-county in the championship, but for those three counties and the promotion that's going on with Camogie at the moment, it's great to see that they will have their All-Ireland competition. It's brilliant. Four grades as well, A, B, C and D. Um, you know, there's... Um, to the best of my knowledge just a quick glance there's no uh, second teams uh, which which is nice uh, because I suppose everybody's you know trying to get some sort of games played and you don't want to overkill maybe on fixtures when we're in the middle of a pandemic as well you want to get as many games as possible and be realistic about the, the games you can get played too as well so I think for those under 16s brilliant to see you mentioned the Nancy Murray Cup there and um, for Cavan Loud and Tyrone uh, round robin games and that'll be an easy enough competition uh, with one game each round uh, to run off as well and um, so the, the only thing I suppose that concerns me maybe with, uh, with this fixtures plan and it's the nature of the beast, it's, ha it's going to happen with the GA as well, ladies football too, week after week. What happens if there's a case of COVID in a team, etc., etc.? That might cause problems with the fixtures. Weather as well at this time of year can also cause an issue too. Um, but it's there has been, um, on some of the competitions at least, um, a built-in thing into this fixtures uh, plan for back matches, um, there aren't, uh, there's only one week of a window when it comes to the intermediate championship in terms of back matches in the group stages. And um, there is uh, another possibility for the senior championship. They have a bit more of uh, leeway in terms of back matches as well. But uh, the under 16s, it's uh, week after week with just one window for a back match as well. So I suppose there isn't too much within the structure for back matches. And it really only allows perhaps for one back match of a weekend. Obviously all the games are to be played on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, Midweek fixtures uh, in the winter months, 
tend to cause complications because in a lot of these competitions, you will have a lot of uh, teams traveling uh, fairly long distances as well. So the, I suppose there there is one week of a gap um, for back matches in uh, all the competitions, but there isn't a huge amount of wriggle room really within this uh, structure as well. But they're, they're trying to do their best. And the fact that we have this plan is a great step for all the teams concerned. And it will give them something to focus on as well. And of course, regards what happens with counties if they get a positive test, I suppose. We're not really going to know until that uh, eventuality happens. Coley, the intermediate and junior finals were um, the cause for a lot of criticism when they were announced they wouldn't be with the senior this year. Uh, the Nancy Murray Cup finals on the weekend of the 15th of November, while the intermediate and the Premier Junior finals are on the week before the senior camogie final, the same weekend as the junior ladies football final as well, it must be said, the 5th and 6th of December. Yeah, I suppose we talked about would there be double headers and all of that coming into play as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I suppose some of this really um, works on, on what guidelines are in place at, at the time as well in terms of um, it may be possible to double up on uh, fixtures, have, have good double headers as well, it's it's highly unlikely that I, I think they're trying to avoid double headers as much as possible, maybe across the board. But also, you have to balance that with trying to get pitches, and there will be a lot more an emphasis on trying to get decent pitches at this time of the year, which is harder to get given that the weather is generally bad, obviously at this time of the year as well. So I think um, I, I think. It would be nice. I, I, one of the things I like actually about the way that they're structured as well, the intermediate and premier junior finals have their own weekend. The senior final ha- has its own weekend. That there isn't, you know, the, the focus, um, it, it's likely that they might put the intermediate final, say, maybe on the Saturday, the premier junior on the Sunday, if they can't have a double header. And that can increase the focus on these various games as well. Because sometimes if you have, like can often maybe happen in the case of the league finals, sometimes where you might have different league finals on the same day in different venues, it can shift the focus a bit where if the intermediate and the premier junior final aren't a double header on the one day, at least they might try and have them on separate days. And maybe, for instance, the president of the Camogie Association, Kathleen Woods, will be able to get to both games, etc., and increase the profile and possibly live streaming, etc., as well. So there is potential there for uh, some positives uh, in terms of the profile for these games as well by uh, maybe not having everything uh, clogged into the one kind of day and um, weekend even as well, where if it was Crow Park and you had the three senior, uh, you had the three adult finals on the one day, okay, the, the focus is towards the senior. It's nice for the players to get to play in Crow Park, but the focus can shift just more so on the senior final. Whereas if things are spread out a little bit more, it can help them get a bit more publicity and interest in the competitions. And, and hopefully hopefully crowds are allowed at that stage um, and get the crowds to the games as well. But that part is probably less likely to see, but the live streaming will be something and the behind closed doors games that will be more likely to be seen. But hopefully we can have some sort of a crowd at these games, if at all possible as well. We certainly hope that does be the case. Of course, time will tell. And as you said before, Colleen, that the aim too is to have them taking place. We're going into the cold season of the year. Looking at the senior championship, we know the date's already the 12th of December for the final. All the big guns are away the opening weekend. All Ireland champions Galway are in Wexford, Cork are in Offaly, Kilkenny are travelling to Waterford, which looks a very tasty tie, and Tipperary head up to Dublin. Yeah, and uh, that's, uh, I suppose, uh, been the games that everyone's always looking forward to is the opening round of fixtures. Um, we've, we've gone through these before, I suppose. People who are maybe new to the podcast, you can listen back to previous episodes. They're all there on Spotify, etc., etc., etc. But um, it, it gives great um, focus for these counties as well because a lot of them obviously have had their club championships in the last while and the club has been 
been to the fore as well. And I suppose preparations um, will, will start to uh, come into play now in the next couple of weeks as well. And I suppose the interesting one, one of the interesting fixtures here is Limerick versus Westmead as well, because you've a Westmead team who have been doing well outside of the top grade in the last couple of years. And that's kind of, I suppose, where the teams are at at the moment. If you were coming into this and this was a normal year, there would be huge excitement, obviously, about making the step up, but obviously huge pressure as well to perform because you've stepped up that grade. But now in the last few months, it'll be interesting to see what people have been doing when there wasn't training, etc., etc., and I suppose we've seen a lot in recent weeks. You've been at a lot of games. There's been a lot of disparities, maybe in fitness levels or injuries, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because it's not the normal preparation that people would have had for games, and maybe the the things that we're seeing at club level, you know, you you might, and I know in a couple of cases. There's players injured that you wouldn't normally be expecting to be injured and are they going to be available for the inter-county? But it's also going to be a chance for people to step up to the mark as well. And I think we've mentioned it before, this championship is going to be like no other. Um, Touchwood, it gets played. Touchwood, that there's going to be some crowds at games, as we mentioned. But besides all that, a lot of people are going to be coming from the same position here. It's... Uh, it's it's not preparation like any other for for an inter-county championship and I think that's where the games from week to week will tell a lot the first games will be interesting but it's how it's managed then from week to week after that and how people can manage to adjust to that especially in the winter months and especially with the heavier pitches etc etc we mightn't see as skillful games as we usually see. And uh, it's going to be interesting in terms of high score and et cetera, et cetera. I, I imagine there's possibly going to be more goals in games, the way balls will bobble around the goal mouth and everything else. So oh, that'd be a bad thing. We're, we're <laughs> and then the commentators try to figure out who's actually scored in the midst of a rook or something like that. But uh, it, it would be uh, it would be it would be brilliant. Uh, it would be brilliant to see these games. Um, but as you mentioned, um, with with all those uh, ties in the first round, you know, Offaly hosting Cork. I mean, in a normal year. Who wouldn't like to have Cork at home? You know, there's their standard bearer when it comes to Camogie. Uh, likewise, I suppose Wexford have had their turmoil in the last year or two. Galway coming to them. You know, you relish the challenge, and particularly with the home game as well, um, you relish uh, those bigger teams as they are at present coming to the tie. And Offaly and Wexford always prove sticky for teams as well. And I, as I said, it comes down to preparation in any normal year but this year it's going to be particularly interesting to see what way things are managed because some people are sitting out games as well because of um, coronavirus for different reasons not maybe that they've had it themselves but maybe close family members or elderly or different things so it's going to be interesting to see what sort of panels uh, people will uh, put out and no doubt all eyes will be on that first batch of fixtures because everybody's going to be trying to find out about everybody. And the only way I think to do it is to actually uh, see those first games in action. And I'm sure some of them will be live streamed as well. So that's going to make things very, very interesting. And I'm sure uh, there'll be good figures to watch those games as well. And hopefully they come around. Cody, I'm going to put a point to you here and uh, it comes from one of our county final club captains. I'm not going to say who it is yet because uh, they're pre-recorded for next week's podcast, but she made a good point to me that there's one uh, motivation for teams this year is because of the uh, bizarre nature of, of the year we've gone through that there'll be a lot of teams more motivated to do well this year because this year will be known as the COVID competitions and if they, their name um, is put on the winner the, as the winners of the end of it, that will go down in history. It certainly will. I mean, 2020 can't see, can't be. That was the mantra for women in sport. And I suppose uh, what a non-predictable year we've had. And then, you know, 
to be a champion at the end of that year would be something special and remarkable. And it, people talk about reeling in the years would be a box set writing about 2020 in general. Wouldn't you love to be the Camogie team featuring on a reeling in the years episode, lifting a cup in Pro Park or wherever it might be? Um, I think there is something special for teams, obviously, about this year. You know, people have been through a lot in general and people have rallied around each other a lot as well. And, you know, that team spirit has been very much in evidence across the country in general, not just in Gaelic games or not just in sport. And I think if a team was to come out with a title out of 2020, you know, there's a lot of rallying around and a lot of, I suppose, how hard it would be to actually have got to that point for a lot of people. I mean, how hard it is to even get games taking place, et cetera, et cetera, uh, training, different things like that. And for all the efforts that have gone in from players and from from everybody, not just players, but I suppose particularly players, um, it's, it's, it's extra special. I watched the Wexford Hurling final the other day and it was a very strange thing seeing the co-presentation and a, empty stadium pretty much except for the players on the pitch and a couple of mentors um but there was and something cheers either some something very <laughs> something very special about it though as well um darren and it's 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 um yeah it's 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 different times and i think to come out with the title this year would, would just be incredible for all those players and all the effort and i'm sure it's been seen in a lot of county championships um the last week or two, maybe there there hasn't been too many titles awarded yet, but it's starting to come around this week where we see uh, county titles are are being um, awarded and what it means to players and clubs, etc., to win those titles. And also, it's a year where anyone could could do anything. I I, I mentioned my Tipperary winning the senior. I predicted it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is somebody who hasn't won in the last couple of years in, in all the various grades. I, I think we'll have some surprise winners. I mentioned the Wexford hurling there. Shell Maliers winning just their second uh, Wexford senior hurling title. You know, if, if, if teams knuckle down this year and really give it everything they can, it's anyone's to win any of these competitions. And um it's it's going to be quite interesting time ahead, I think. Just when you mention Wexford hurling there, just let listeners know that next Friday in the third half, we'll be previewing the Wexford Senior Camogie Final. We'll have our the ballot captain, Mary Lacey, St. Martin's captain, Sarah O'Connor, on the show as well. We'll also be previewing the Dublin Camogie Final, while the Camogie guests of the Fair Green next week will be Kate Kelly from Wexford. So it promises to be a big week. And just while I mention all that as well, don't forget to catch this week's Ladies Football Edition at the third half where it's a preview of the Carlow Senior Ladies Football Final we have Anne Roach from Lachlan we have Leah Mullins from Benny Kerry Tin Ryland and we have the Carlow Piero John Woods who will tell us about uh, how the campaign has gone and also preview the intermediate and junior finals there as well so it promises to be very big uh, you can get the national fixtures for the Camogie up on our website sportsstats.ie before we move away from this bit Colleen um, one thing the women are doing this year that the men aren't there's going to be a provincial and an All-Ireland Club Series and we have a date for the AIB All-Ireland Senior and Intermediate Club Camogie Finals they'll be on the weekend of the 6th and 7th of March 2021 Yeah, it's uh, that's another thing that's brilliant to see I suppose um, this Fixtures Masters plan doesn't just cover uh, 2020 we've also got the early stages of 2021 and that's uh, brilliant mentioning the club there earlier I mean that's that's something that's going to be huge for people to look forward to in the early months of 2021. They're the first fixtures to actually be fixed for 2021 at present, um, which is brilliant uh, across the Gaelic Games family, so to speak. So um, there's also um, built into that as well, the Cumann Comogiach, the Ardidicus fixtures, the higher education uh, fixtures as well, which they've allowed for two different weekends, either the 6th or 7th of February or the 20th and 21st of February as well. So they, they're, they're looking ahead, they're planning ahead 
And um, we've seen some great games in those competitions, of course, the Ashburn and the Purcell, etc. And um, it's, it's brilliant to see. But I suppose for the clubs as well, um, mentioning the clubs, as you said, that gives great confidence um, to them for looking forward to something early in the new year as well. And um, hopefully those games will get to go ahead. And uh, all, all things uh, going to plan, uh, we're looking at the All-Ireland Senior and Intermediate Club Finals taking place on the 6th and 7th of March. And also the Junior and Junior B final replays would be that weekend if necessary. The, the actual uh, Junior and Junior B finals uh, set to uh, be on either the 27th or 28th of February as well. So we're, we're used to some of those games, I suppose, taking place at the tail end of the year and um, the senior and intermediate, obviously in the early stages of the year. So it's, um, it's good for the clubs because they'll have, they'll have a, a bit of a break in competition for the next while. Um, but also it'll, uh, it'll give them a couple of games alongside the, um, alongside the uh, inter-county fixtures uh, to play as well. So it's going to be a hectic few months as well if uh, those provincial fixtures are uh, going to take place uh, towards the tail end of the year. Although there's a possibility, I imagine, just looking at that fixtures master plan, that they may envisage playing some of those provincial fixtures in the early part of January as well, because there is that window there of January, if necessary, as well, because the senior and intermediate um, and the junior B doesn't kick in until February, uh, while there's just a one game in the junior championship to be played, the preliminary uh, between the British champions and the Ulster champions in the last weekend of January. So they may be able to build some of the provincial fixtures into January and perhaps that last, uh, sorry, the um, first weekend of um of uh, february as well uh, for the junior b competition as well so it's plenty to look forward to coming ahead and um yeah it's uh, it's brilliant it's brilliant to see and hopefully all these teams will get to play their games hopefully everybody stays healthy and uh, that we'll have plenty of action to talk about in terms of winners losers plenty of surprises hopefully as well over the coming months and uh, hopefully plenty of finals and plenty of uh, good news to talk about as well. As you mentioned, the British champions as well. We've Martin J. Brennan from Camogie Britain coming up on the show later on. And I know they're aiming to get their championships played this year and hopefully their representatives can take part in the All-Ireland Series. Colleen, um, just a few questions before I let you go. Um, back in the league, before it was shut down, there was six trial playing rules brought in. They're going to be implemented for the 2020 Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Championship. Um, regards contacts can be met between players, uh, persistent fouling um, to be noticed, uh, quick puckouts being allowed free from the hand, uh, dropping the hurley and hand pass goal to be banned, and also rules about penalties, 20 meter freeze. Very welcome trial um, rules when they were implemented for the league, and I'd say the players will be delighted that they're holding them for the championship at least. Definitely as well, it'll have given them plenty of time, I suppose, to uh, hone their skills maybe in terms of this one. I suppose the uh, the minimal contact one may be interesting, I suppose, in these uh, coronavirus times, but uh, it's it, it's a rule that people have been crying out for for a long, long time. Um, it, it was implemented uh, pretty well in the league as well, and um, it's it's uh, it's going to it's going to make things a bit more interesting, I suppose, as well, because it allow a bit more for f free flowing of the game as well. The quick puck out, that's that's just something that has to be in the game really as well. It's it's a skill in itself. It's that vision to see that there's a player there ready to take possession and it can kickstart some interesting um, action at the opposite end of the field also. Um, I suppose the, the thing is the ref blows uh, to signal the wide then from that point on the slitter's back in play so it's it's a real quick turnaround and we see it a lot in hurling as well you know the quick puck out getting the scores this will all adds a lot to more free-flowing uh, game as well and um, it, it's going it's going to make things 
quite interesting, I suppose. Provided the referee doesn't use his discretion to stop the play, I'm just reading this here in front of me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, 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 well, that's 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 um, yes, that's that's a that's a key part, <laughs> uh, obviously, to all of this as, as well. But uh, seven yeah. Coley like the fine uh, the fine print, like you know, I mean, the, ter- the terms and conditions, <laughs> we'll always check them out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the um, the uh, the it's it's it, it's um, you know, that's. It, it, it brings the rules a bit more in line with hurling, and I suppose that's the key thing to all of this. The, the game of Camogie has sped up an awful lot in the last couple of years, but I suppose we had seen in a lot of games as well a lot of focus, perhaps, I suppose, in particular, uh, given they are the high-profile games around the All-Ireland Finals and the number of frees and maybe those games not as free-flowing in the last couple of years as people would have liked. Um, so that they were responding to all of that, and they implemented these rules in the league quite successfully as well. And um, the, the the free from the hand, I suppose, is an interesting one as well. Quick free from the hand if they're if a player is fouled inside their own forty-five meter line, and only the player that's fouled can take it from the hand, and it's also an indirect free. And um, so that's, I suppose, uh, it again speeds up the game. Um, it's, uh, I suppose, interesting perhaps that it's an indirect free because, you know, in, in a lot of cases, maybe people might want to go for a score, but it might add more to the, the skill and the interest around the game as well, rather than just tapping it over the bar. So it's, it's I suppose, a long time since players have had experience of using these rules. I mean, March time and prior to that seems an age ago now as well. So it'll be interesting to see how adapt players are to these new rules again, because it's kind of like a second coming trying to get them into their head. And I suppose they're not in the club games that they're playing at the moment as well. So it'll be interesting to see how much work teams have done on these particular rules already and uh, how successful they were at implementing them during the league and how after that break of action, how successful they'll be in getting it back into the psyche again. But it will be one of the key things to teams doing well as well um, in these games going forward, how well they adapt these new rules uh, because the teams that do adapt to them quickly, the the quick puck out, etc., will have maybe a little bit of an edge on their opposition, the same way as fitness and availability of players and all of that will come into play. Uh, interesting uh, time ahead for uh, for everybody when it comes to uh, the intriguing action that we'll hopefully have in the next few months. And all those trial rules are on our website, sportsdaz.ie. And just reading the free from the hand rule again, a player may choose to take a quick free from their hand if they are fouled inside their own 45-meter line. Only the player that has fouled can take it and it is an indirect free. I'll tell you one thing, Colleen, any player that can score a point from inside their own 45-meter line from the hand deserves to have two points for that, like the sideline cut in Camogie. That's, that's another, that's another uh, rule, actually, that's the, the two points for a sideline cut. You know, that's... That's, that's something that is a long time coming. It's about rewarding skill. I mean, whether it's hurling, whether it's camogie, ladies football, Gaelic football, any sport, it's about the skill. But particularly in terms of hurling and camogie, you've got skills that you just don't have in other games. Nothing better uh, than a sideline cut and nothing better than seeing a, a score from a long distance as well. Um, it, it does happen occasionally as well in camogie. It's about rewarding the skill, and that's, I suppose, what flows through these trial playing rules. It's about rewarding skill, and that's that's no better place to have them. And I think it's also about rewarding how the game has ad- adapted and changed in recent years as well, akin to all that skill that's involved in these particular contests also. Well, certainly the players will be very receptive and we're looking forward to seeing a championship with that. Colleen, finally, before I let you go now, it's just rumours coming out in local media. We're recording this interview on Thursday, so if, we, if we're completely wrong or talking through our hair, feel free to stop the podcast now. You're happy enough to go. Rumours that the Puck Father Colleen in September is not going to happen. Yeah, it's uh, uh, coming through, reported firstly uh, by... Uh, 
by Jerome O'Connell of the Limerick Leader, and um, that uh, the uh, Pukvada finals have the All Irelands have been postponed uh, due to the current COVID nineteen restrictions that have placed all sport behind closed doors. And I suppose it, it's something. I suppose a couple of weeks ago, when the competition was launched, um, in the hours that followed, uh, games uh, were put behind closed doors, and I suppose that. Uh, made it a bit harder uh, to kind of adapt to this. I suppose people will say it's on a mountain. Why put it behind clo- or why not just have it behind closed doors? But a lot of preparation and a lot of logistics goes into the puck fada as well because you have um, spotters for every player, scorecard markers. There's a lot of um, different elements of officialdom uh, which are involved with it. So it's a lot of people um, before you, um, you know, you talk about spectators, et cetera, et cetera. It's, uh, and often I suppose uh, some spectators perhaps who are regulars on the mountain uh, might get the job of being spotter, et cetera, et cetera, as well. So there's a lot of different things go, come into play uh, when it comes to the puck fada. On, on, on the outside of it, people might say, oh, there's a big mountain, there's loads of space, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's, it's, it's a harder one to kind of organize behind closed doors. And realistically, uh, with it, prior to, to the behind closed doors events, you would have been allowed 200 at an event. It's, uh, it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of hard to take, I suppose, if it is the case that it's not going to go ahead because um, a lot of people have been looking forward to this for a while and um, there's that glimmer of hope was given then when the all Ireland uh, were fixed for the first saturday in september september 5th and and then now to be uh, told uh, that uh, you know it's the, the quote in the limerick leader is it's understood the organizers will endeavor to complete the 2020 competition at the earliest suitable date subject to government guidelines and health and safety measures so they haven't totally uh, thrown away the idea for 2020 just yet uh, so there is that glimmer of hope there that it still could happen but i suppose with everything that's happening at the moment with behind closed doors games and different fixtures uh, with possible further restrictions coming down the line as well it's kind of a headache at the moment maybe to organize it uh, properly and to organize it the way they'd planned and um, so just to add to what was said in, in the piece, while disappointing, this decision was taken in adherence to the measures to limit the spread of COVID-19 and with the health of all involved being of paramount importance. And that was that came from a communication uh, from the organizing committee this week as well. So it's uh, it's it's disappointing, but there is that glimmer of hope that it still may take place. And I suppose the thing about it is um as is the case with everything, when games are put behind closed doors, when spectators aren't allowed, and any decisions that are being made are with people's health and safety uh, to the forefront of this as well. And I suppose um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see um, if they manage to get this played before the end of the year as well. Um, but for the moment, it looks like it's not going to take place. Um, but hopefully before the end of 2020 or into 2021 and um, early stages of 2021, th- this might get to take place. I suppose the other thing which comes into play possibly as well is weather. Uh, the weather on the August bank holiday weekend, 90% of the time is generally good. There, there was a year I remember being up there where it was very wet. Like Colleen, you must give children in school. The weather's always better the first week. Week the children are back to school. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's it's not. <laughs> and that's the and that's the thing. They're not back yet. <laughs> yeah, well, so so far, but <laughs> so so far, but uh, we've already had our fair share of storms and wet and windy weather in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, who who knows? I think it's nearly a storm a week on average at this stage. But um, the uh, yeah the the weather may not be as, as good as as planned as well. But at the moment, it's COVID restrictions, it's government guidelines and health and safety measures. And I think the health and safety measures part uh, may take into the account of the potential weather that lies ahead as well. And um, you know it, it is 
boggy land at times in certain parts of that course, etc., etc. So it may not be as safe to be on the mountain, uh, perhaps given the last couple of weeks that we've had. And um, this is me just reading between the lines on this particular part. But given the heavy rain and stuff that has come in the last couple of weeks, the mountain may not actually be in as good shape as it would normally be to host these competitions as well. So there is a couple of variables to take into the mix. And the fact that it is said um, subject uh, to uh, government guidelines and health and safety measures, I'm sure for the most part that that's to do with COVID, but also perhaps to do with physically having uh, people on the mountain, that it mightn't be as safe as it would usually be at any other time of the year. And just to finish off, Colin, it is significant development, though, if it is based in COVID, you said the way it could be weather-related as well, but when they mention government restrictions, because um, it's this nine days before the inter-county teams officially go back training, and while they can train away in groups of 15 and all that, like let's not call a spade a spade. Some of these counties are going to organise challenge matches going outside their county boundaries or possibly provincial boundaries. And this development of things don't improve. Um, is, is a worrying sign leading down to the potential inter-county season? It is, I, I think, and this is a, this is a big question for uh, 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 at this at this stage of the interview. <laughs> but but I, I think what could happen possibly is, and what I, I'm sure to talk about this in the background. I'm sure there there has to be guidelines regarding challenge matches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, because I suppose there there is a key thing. I suppose in some places where maybe the fixtures haven't gone according to plan. We're talking about uh, Kildare still being on lockdown. Leash and Alfie were on lockdown. So those counties have had delays in terms of trying to get their own club fixtures played. And that's pushed off things a couple of weeks. And that's overlapping with the potential of managers having players just for themselves for inter-county purposes and there's a there's a lot of balls in the air there as well but in terms of one of the things you mentioned i suppose cross province and and different things in terms of challenge games i think if people are organizing challenge games if they can avoid it if at all possible uh would be would be the number one thing but i suppose number two would be if you are going to have challenge games, try and keep them to teams that are in relative close proximity to each other, maybe perhaps as well. Um, it, it's, I, I suppose you're, you're starting from a starting block as well of those pods of 15, which in itself causes logistical problems as well. So it's, it, it's going to be a real learning curve for a lot of people. But I think as well, a lot of people obviously will have seen what's gone on with clubs over the last couple of weeks. And there is that experience to bring into the inter-county setup as well. So it's not that people are, are blind starting off maybe about trying to figure out the impact of, of different things as well. But if, if, um, if, if people can keep to those pods as much as possible, like, I mean, the, the 15 for a pod, do, do you focus it on, this is going to be my most likely starting 15 in one pod or, you know, it's, 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 it's very hard for people to, to fully actually get everything right. And we're talking about different variables earlier about fixtures and, you know, what players would be available for fixtures, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of different things to be thought of at the moment. And I'd hate to be somebody in the position of being a manager at the moment and trying to manage everything. And, you know, it's it's about those teams, I suppose, that have good structures around them that will help hugely in, in trying to get things played. And I often say, you know, players are hugely key, obviously, in terms of the results and everything else, but it's that off-field structure that can often get you a couple of points in some respects as well. How well you're organized in the background can be very key to how the mentality of a team can perform, et cetera, et cetera. And I think of all times to be organized in the background, now is it. And I don't think 
challenge games are advisable but then if you don't have your challenge games and you can't test your players out how well do you really get to know what state your players are in at that particular time as well and how well they're going to be prepared for different games and as I mentioned with the trial rules coming in also and um, obviously they've played their league games in the past they're well used to it. but you know trying to bring that into play that's where challenge games come into the mix as well using those rules and getting players back in the mode of of different things as well and um, inter 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 uh, team games where you mightn't have 30 players you know it's 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 going to be interesting times ahead but uh, i i think um i i think for the most part common sense you know if people use common sense i i think that's all can be asked of during this as well and it's 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 a hard thing and it's not the thing i'm saying no challenge games it's not the thing I'm saying. Yes, you have to have challenge games. I think it's a common sense approach between teams and where things are at and trying to keep as close proximity as possible if you are playing another team, you know, keep, keep it within the distance. But who knows, we mightn't even be allowed to have challenge games and it might just be, be kept to trying to get the actual fixtures, the inter-county fixtures as they are in this case, uh, played as well but uh, how long is a piece of string Darren? <laughs> I, want to say that I can imagine Colin and Paulie Murray taking notes while listening to this at the moment. <laughs> Colin, I've no, I've no doubt it's not our last conversation before we do get into county action back but thanks a million for joining us in uh, looking at the fixtures and looking at the trial playing rules as well and again all those are up on our website sportsstats.ie Colin, the pleasure as always we we'll talk to you again soon. No problem at all, thanks Darren. I like listening to Sports Dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. I'm delighted to be joined now by the chairperson of Camogie Britain, Martin J. Brennan. And Martin, we've been doing an awful lot of conversation in Ireland about restrictions and return to play over the last uh, few months. We haven't really had a chance to talk about what it's like over in Britain at the moment, but thankfully there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, um, since Monday, we've had a very positive reaction from our members. Um, at the start of March, we ran a tournament in Birmingham. Um, it's an annual tournament run by Erin Gabra. And after that tournament, you know, the, the girls were very positive. There was a lot of hope it was going to be a great season. And within four days, um, our season was then shut down because of guidelines from Crow Park. So obviously, a lot of the girls are very disappointed about this. Initially, we thought it was just a two-week shutdown. But unfortunately, as you know, um, that turned out to be an awful lot longer. So as I said, this week's been very, very positive. Um, and I think the girls just really want to get out there and start playing matches. Because it's easy to forget at times that because the games are up and running as well, you have to follow different protocols when you're over in Britain. You're dependent on the local uh, government as well, the decisions they make. So what exactly now is the state of play in regards um, action returning in Britain? So again, once, once it goes public on the British government um, website, um, within 10 days, we're allowed to have matches. So it's hoped within the next few days, and we have been given the green light, but it's hoped within the next few days, that announcement will go public on the British government website. And when that happens, then within 10 days, we can have matches. But um, as I said, since um, the start of July, we have been back training. Now, as I said, we look across the Irish Sea and we're very envious of seeing all these matches going on. And unfortunately, as I said, for our girls, you know, you know, they had to be very, very patient. They had to ask questions. Why are the girls across in Ireland being allowed to play matches? And yet we weren't. But we had to follow the UK government guidelines. And in fairness to the clubs, they have been very, very patient on this. And so this week we've got a reward and we have got some um, hope that we will get a season underway. In Britain too, is it working off a phase system as well and you're pretty much waiting for the official declaration of the next phase so you can proceed? Yeah, so we're moving into phase four now. Um, and as I said, um, once, as, once it goes, um, as I said, once it, that goes public on the website, that will allow us to have matches in phase four and it will be contact sport. And then as you're saying then as well, you can start organising fixtures again. What compet- Has there been much changes from the competitions in your regular calendar? You mentioned about starting off in Birmingham already, but what changes have been made this year? And what can we look forward to all going well? Yeah, so um, 
normally the start of Camogie season in Britain, we would have several um, sevens tournaments. So there was one scheduled for Taras, one scheduled in Manchester, and unfortunately those had to be um, cancelled. We've also cancelled the league, so we're just going to try to run off the championship. Now again, for clubs, as I said, it will be difficult because um, once the crisis did hit, um, a lot of girls returned home. A lot of clubs will have difficulties, you know, trying to um, field teams. But as I said, the clubs over here, they are very, very resilient. We've seen that during the COVID crisis. Like when the crisis first hit, a lot of the clubs had done trash and work for charity. You know, they kept themselves busy. And, and it's that great sense of community to have over here um, in Britain, Camogie. You know, the girls look out for each other. And I said, I was very, very impressed with the clubs and immensely proud of the clubs and the charity work they would have actually done. So a lot of the clubs actually became stronger and became more unified. Now, the challenges they face now is in terms of player availability and what players they actually have. But as I said, clubs are resilient. They build again and hopefully numbers will start to increase again. The spirit was definitely always something that would be strong for those that were there as well. But as you mentioned too, with players coming home uh, due to COVID-19 as well, they're not going to be back straight away too, you would imagine. So some clubs are really going to struggle over the next while. They are going to struggle. And as I said, these, um, as I said, these are issues we'll have to um, deal with. But um, I do still think there is a lot of players out there in London. I think what happens too is when players come over to um, Britain, you know, they look for that sense of community, they look for that social outlet. outlet. Um, and I think British Camogie does offer that a lot. You know, what, what I find is a lot of girls might have played Camogie perhaps in primary school and then left the game. And then they find themselves getting back involved in clubs over here and they fall in love with the game again. But it's just through the social element and you know, obviously they pick up the skills again. So a lot of, that's the sort of players I said a lot of clubs will be looking towards. Girls who've played before have left the game but are over here in Britain. So as I would say to those girls, is our door is always open for any new members who want to get back involved in the game. There's a strong involvement in Camogie in Britain. Like a lot of listeners would know about the hurling teams to come over and play here, like London, Warwickshire and Lancashire as well. So it's a very vibrant scene. And as you're saying there, it's just now getting them back out in the field. Yeah, but as I said, but the willingness is there, as I said. Um, since Monday, you know, I've had a very, very positive reaction. I said, and clubs want to get back out there, right? They want to play some sort of championship. They want to demonstrate the skills and their skills. And I said, they just want to represent their jerseys because I said, when girls do come over here, they develop very strong bonds to the jerseys and their clubs. And it's something to hold on to for the rest of their lives. You know, friendships that they mightn't necessarily get with clubs at home. They develop very, very strong friendships over here from people from different parts of Ireland and also different parts of the world that they can cherish. I know you've been working like an advisory group as well with Paul Foley and Patricia Morrison and others on a group as well. Uh, what support have you received from the Camogie Association back home? Um, in fairness, Camogie Association from the start, um, you know, we have been in contact with them and they have been fairly um, in regular contact with us, offering us guidance and telling us um, what procedures we need to follow. Also just on Paul Foley and Patricia Morrison as well, okay, they've done an awful lot of work behind the scenes. You know, it wasn't easy trying to get this green light, so a lot of work's gone in there, and I think um, their efforts does need, does need to be acknowledged. All your, all your efforts need to be acknowledged because it's important to keep the game strong. When you get the green light, Martin, what um, protocols can we expect? Like over in Ireland, there's been no access to dressing rooms, there's been games behind closed doors, strong restrictions on the numbers that can uh, train together as well. Will you be going through something similar? Yeah, it'll be very, very similar. As I said, we'll have difficulties, as I said, um, in terms of access to dress rooms, more than likely will not be available. So it's, it'll be very similar to what's happening in Ireland. And of course, when you're talking big cities as well, and I know London pretty well myself, is public transport is going to be key to. I know players can try and avoid it where they can, but that's easier said than done as well at times, isn't it? Um, it'll be very difficult for clubs over here to avoid public transport, particularly, I would say, in London. Um, a lot of the um, girls would be reliant on public transport. So just going to the, as you're saying there, the next 10 days, the, the green light should be made public. When would you hope, roughly what weekend or how many weeks' time would you hope that games will take place or could it happen very, very quickly after that announcement? Um, as I said, once the announcement goes public, I'd say within um, after 10 days, the games will be up and running. And are you expecting that announcement to happen in the next few days? 
hopefully so. Um, as I said, we have to be patient. We've been patient um, for a very long, long time. So again, a few more days is not going to hurt us. But I said, once we do get the green light, you know, we have fixtures there that are ready to go. And as I said, clubs are very much behind that. So once we get the green light, I said, I'm very confident that we will see out all our championships this year. And for people going attending and supporting the club as well, like in Northern Ireland, there's 400 allowed games at the moment. Will you have that option as well in regards, uh, not just the players in the field, like will people be able to go watch these games and support the club as well? Or could we be talking about a closed doors format at the start? Well, I don't think it's a huge problem we've never really had with Camogie over here in terms of having 400 people at matches. But um, um, no, again, as I said, it would probably be just um, limited to players and backroom teams. Well, we certainly, certainly hope that this will help promote in some shape or form. So we'll finish, Martin, on a positive note anyway. In regards, we mentioned about getting fixtures back up and running. Uh, what are your hopes for the rest of the season and, and what big events can we, if COVID-19 allows us to, can we look forward to for the end of this year? Um, obviously, my hopes is to ensure the three championships do get played off. Um, as I said earlier on, I think a lot of the girls in Trojan charity work um, throughout the year and I think that it would be the reward to give them some game time and I think clubs at this stage just want to play matches and I think that would be as I said would be a fantastic achievement because I said you know a few months ago we never thought we would be at this stage we are where we are at now we're very very close so as I said my hope is that all three championships will be played off well, we certainly hope so too and we'll be keeping an eye as well and Martin keep us uh, keep us up to date too with what's going on and we'll get the word out there with the games going ahead and hopefully the next time that we're talking we're looking forward to British finals in some shape or form hopefully so hopefully so Darren yeah. and that's it for another Camogie episode of the Curtain Razor our team song on the verge comes from Joseph McDade and you can hear more from him on josephmcdade.com slash music Make sure you check out sportsstats.ie for our two guests this week of the Fair Green, Kilkenny Camogie legend Anne Downey and Mayo Ladies football icon Cora Staunton. And also available on our website are all the weekend fixtures and the midweek results. I'd like to thank our guests again, Colleen Duffy and Martin J. Brennan. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Darren Kelly and this was The Curtain Raiser. <laughs>